chapter 27 of Ancient Tales and Folklore of Japan. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Larry Castleberry of Detroit, Michigan. Ancient Tales and Folklore of Japan by Richard Gordon Smith, Chapter 27 Sagami Bay Hatsushima Island is probably unknown to all foreigners and to 9,999 out of every 10,000 Japanese. Consequently, it is of not much importance. Nevertheless, it has produced quite a romantic little story, which was told to me by a friend who had visited there some six years before. The island is about seven miles southeast of Atami in Sagami Bay, Izu Province. It is so far isolated from the mainland that very little intercourse goes on with the outer world. Indeed, it is said that the inhabitants of Hatsushima Island are a queer people and prefer keeping to themselves. Even today, there are only some 200 houses and the population cannot exceed a thousand. The principal production of the island is, of course, fish, but it is celebrated also for its jonquil flowers, suisin. Thus, it would be seen that there is hardly any trade. What little the people buy from or sell to the mainland, they carry in their own fishing boats. In matrimony, also they keep to themselves and are generally conservative and all the better for it. There is a well-known fisherman's song of Hatsushima Island. It means something like the following, and it is of the origin of that queer verse that the story is. Today is the 10th of June. May the rain fall in torrents, for I long to see my dearest Ocho-san. Hi, hi. Yariko no sa. Yariko no sa. Many years ago, there lived on the island the daughter of a fisherman, whose beauty, even as a child, was extraordinary. As she grew, Cho, for such was her name, improved in looks, and in spite of her lowly birth, she had the manners and refinement of a lady. At the age of 18, there was not a young man on the island who was not in love with her. All were eager to seek her hand in marriage, but hardly any dared to ask, even through the medium of a third party, as was usual. Amongst them was a handsome fisherman of about twenty years, whose name was Shinsaku. Being less simple than the rest and a little more bold, he one day approached Gisuke, Ocho's brother, on the subject. Gisuke could see nothing against his sister marrying Shinsaku. Indeed, he rather liked Shinsaku, and their families had always been friends. So he called his sister Ocho down to the beach where they were sitting and told her that Shinsaku had proposed for her hand in marriage and that he thought it an excellent match of which her mother would have approved had she been alive. He added, You must marry soon, you know. You are 18. And we want no spinster on Hatsushima or girls brought here from the mainland to marry our bachelors. Stay, stay, my dear brother. I do not want all this sermon on spinsterhood, cried Ocho. I have no intention of remaining single, I can tell you. And as far as Shinsaku, I would rather marry him than anyone else. So do not worry yourself further on that account. Settle the day of the happy event. Needless to say, young Asuke was delighted, and so was Shinsaku, and they settled that the marriage should be three days thence. Soon, when all the fishing boats had returned to the village, the news spread, and it would be difficult to describe the state of the younger men's feelings. Hitherto, everyone had hoped to win the pretty Ocho-san, 
all had lived in that happy hope and rejoiced in the uncertain state of love which causes such happiness in its early stages shinsaku had hitherto been a general favorite now the whole of their hopes were dashed to the ground ocho was not for any of them as for shinsaku how they suddenly hated him what was to be done they asked one another little thinking of the comical side or that in any case ocho would marry only one of them no attention was paid to the fish they had caught their boats were scarcely pulled high enough on the beach for safety their minds were wholly given to the question how each and every one of them could marry ocho san first of all it was decided to tell shinsaku that they would prevent his marriage if possible there were several fights on the quiet beach which had never before been disturbed by a display of ill-feeling at last isuke ocho's brother consulted with his sister and shinsaku and they decided for the peace of the island to break off the marriage ocho and her lover determining that at all events they would marry no one else however even this great sacrifice had no effect there were fully thirty men in fact the whole of the bachelors wanted to marry ocho they fought daily the whole island was thrown into a discontent poor ocho san what could she do had not she and shinsaku done enough already in sacrificing happiness for the peace of the island there was only one more thing she could do and being a japanese girl she did it she wrote two letters one to her brother gisuke another to shinsaku bidding them farewell the island of hatsushima has never had trouble until i was born she said for three hundred years or more our people though poor have lived happily and in peace alas now it is no longer so on account of me farewell i shall be dead tell our people that i have died to bring them back their senses for they have been foolish about me farewell after leaving the two letters where gisuke slept ocho slipped stealthily out of the house it was a pouring wet and stormy night in the tenth of june and cast herself into the sea from some rocks near her cottage after well loading her sleeves with stones so that she might rise no more next morning when gisuke found the letters instinctively he knew what must have happened and rushed from the house to find shinsaku brother and lover read their letters together and were stricken with grief as indeed was everyone else a search was made and soon ocho's straw slippers were found on the point of rocks near her house gisuke knew that she must have jumped into the sea here and he and shinsaku dived down and found her body lying at the bottom they brought it to the surface and it was buried just beyond the rocks on which she had last stood from that day shinsaku was unable to sleep at night the poor fellow was quite distracted ocho's letter and straw slippers he placed beside his bed and surrounded them with flowers his days he spent decorating and weeping over her tomb at last one evening shinsaku resolved to make away with his own body hoping that his spirit might find ocho and he wandered toward her tomb to take a last farewell as he did so he thought he saw ocho and called her aloud three or four times and then with outstretched arms he rushed delightedly at her the noise awoke gisuke whose house was close to the grave he came out and found shinsaku clasping the stone pillar which was placed at his head shinsaku explained that he had seen the spirit of ocho and that he was about to follow her by taking his life 
but from this he was dissuaded. Do not do that. Devote your life rather, and I will help you in building a shrine dedicated to Cho. You will join her when you die by nature, but please her spirit here by never marrying another. Shinsaku promised. The young men of the place now began to be deeply sorry for Shinsaku. What selfish beasts they had been, they thought. However, they would mend their ways and spend all their spare time in building a shrine to Ocho-san, and this they did. The shrine is called the Shrine of Ocho-san of Hatsushima, and a ceremony is held there every 10th of June. Curious to relate, it invariably rains on that day, and the fishermen say that the spirit of Ocho comes in the rain, hence the song. Today is the 10th of June. My May the rain fall in torrents, for I long to see my dearest Ocho-san. Hi, hi, Yariko no sa, Yariko no sa. The shrine still stands, I am told. End of chapter 27. Recording by Larry Castleberry, Detroit, Michigan.